we have a dehumidifier fire in our house because it's like super moist, like damp down the basement. Don't say that word. Moist. Yeah, that word. Moist. Are we ready? I always think moist. of cake when I hear that word. Like really good cake. A nice I think good of, moist cake. Yeah. I think of Dr. Horrible. <laughs> so there's Dr. Horrible and his good friend Moist. I love Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. everyone and welcome to Cardboard Curse, a show about burns and board games. We play these games so you don't have to. I'm your cardboard captain, Caitlin, and today we played Quidditch, the game. Let me introduce my panel. Why are you laughing? Because I accidentally snorted. snorted into the mic. <laughs> you were like, Quidditch, the game, and you sounded so happy. And I was just like, all of the bitterness in my soul just came out my nose. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know if Greg can edit that snort out. Or just keep it in, you know. I'm sorry. Let me introduce my panel. There's Olivia. The one who snorted. I'm so sorry, everybody. Hi. And there's Jesse. I'm here, too, trying not to laugh. And then there's my Harry Potter lover roommate. Andrea, who picked this game out for us? Oh, you did hey, this? What's up? Thank you so much, Andrea. I hate you. It was me. It's all I'm her. I'm so sorry. So we played Quidditch the board game, and if you can't already tell... We loved it. It was <laughs> great. Let's just talk about the Harry Potter franchise first. We like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I just finished all the movies recently because I'm going to um, Disney down there in Orlando. By my... Disney, do you mean Universal Studios? Yes, that too. For my honeymoon, and so we have to go to Harry Potter World, of course, but I need to be caught up on all the lingo and stuff, which we knew how well that went during the game because they kept calling uh, bludgeoners. No, bludgeons. Bludgers. Bludgers. Bludgeoners. No, and the beaters, bludgeoners. And beaters, bludgeoners. <laughs> Everything and quaffles, bludgeoners. And bludgers, quaffles. Really? She was all sorts of confused. The best part about that is the bludgers are clearly labeled. Their little stand-up says bludgers on them. And yeah. Caitlin would pick one up and be like, oh, so this is the quaffle. And we're like, no, it literally says bludger on it, Caitlin. I, I don't know what you're reading, but... That's not that's not how quaffle is spelled. <laughs> I she also kept calling the quaffles quaffs. <laughs> I don't appreciate you making fun of me. I am your captain. I could throw you overboard. So I think I snorted again out of my nose. <laughs> I hit? can replace you. <laughs> like we did with Andrea last time. Yeah, we'll get Dr. Jess back. I mean, I have better things to do. Oh, that's oh, rude. Okay, anyway, Harry Harry Pooter. How many of us have read the books? Me. You have, like, an extensive collection of, I like, do. four I... sets. No, that's a lie. I have all of the original hardcovers and all of the original paperbacks, and I really, really want, like, three other collector sets. Yes. I read most of them 
I don't, I think I read the fifth or sixth book, but I don't remember it. I read it too quickly. And then I never read the last book, and I have yet to see the last movie. So technically, I don't know how Harry Potter ends. The last movie I've, or the last two? Like the, the last, last book, two. Oh, okay. But at this point, because it's been so long since it's come out, I've seen clips of it on TV, you know, when they've been doing reruns of it. And I know who dies because that was impossible to keep, you know, under wraps for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually, you know, plot t- spoiler alerts for those of you who haven't figured out Harry Potter by now. I finished reading the book and I had forgot. Like, I read the book where Dumbledore died and I did not remember he died. People were like, he died. I'm like, he did? And they're like, Olivia, you just read that book. I guess I read it way too fast and none of it, like, stuck. If that may- I think I was too excited when I yeah. read it. <laughs> I remember when it the craze started and like I don't like reading. No, I don't so like I reading. tried I tried to like it. I just couldn't. I like the movies. I dressed up as Hermione one year for Halloween, mm-hmm. but I was never a mega fan. In fact, the second movie gave me night terrors for a week cuz the cat gets like frozen and put on a wall with blood written yeah. on it. I was oh, like, "Oh yeah. god, they kill a cat." Miss Norris. When I was eight. I was a golden (laughs) snitch a couple years ago for Halloween. Oh, yeah. That was really good. I have Harry Potter stuff because it's cool. I mean, I like Harry Potter, but, like, I'm not going to go on my way to read it. I like being a Hufflepuff. I think the houses are really cool. Yeah, let's talk about our houses. I'm a Slytherin. Surprise, says mm. the captain who's threatening to throw us overboard. Mm-hmm. And us Hufflepuffs will just go along with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're all we're all Hufflepuffs. We're all Hufflepuffs. Mm-hmm. Did you do any of the quizzes to find I'm out afraid your of I'm afraid of sheets. What? I'm Didn't afraid, everyone say that? I'm, I'm afraid, afraid of, of sheets. No, I'm afraid of ghosts. And, and sheets, sheets with, with holes in them. them. And, and regular sheets. sheets. What is this reference? I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh God! I have no. I have literally no. Oh clue my gosh! I gotta show you that video. It's uh from. Is it from the? It's from Broadway? the internet. No, it's from uh YouTube. Oh. From a long time I, I ago. I love that that YouTube series with that like school play of Harry Potter. What is it? Um. So my favorite, my intro to Harry Potter. I'm going to it. My intro to Harry Potter was a Harry Potter musical. There we go. Yeah, that's really great. <laughs> and I love Harry Potter musical, and I love a Harry Potter sequel, and I love a Harry Potter senior year, and there's one more that they do. It's because parodies are great. And I just, I, and that's how I knew stuff. And so when I watched the movie with uh, Umbridge, it was much different than. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I feel like Joe Walker's version. I skipped that movie somehow. I hated that movie. I I loved the movie. I hate Umbridge so much, though. You're like, supposed to. She's I a know, but just Slytherin, like, right? Makes her a good yeah. villain. Then I just like I can't. I know she's. The I wish villain. she was some. I wish she wasn't Slytherin. Like I want a bad guy from like one of the other houses. See, but the thing is, she's very Slytherin. She's like, I will do anything to get what I want. That's true. She's very loyal to the rules. Yeah. But I just want to see a bad guy from somewhere else. Like, it can happen. I'm sure there is a bad guy from somewhere else. I just don't know Harry Potter. So we all have positive feelings towards the franchise, just not this game. Yeah. Yeah. So, the game. Let's talk about that. Well, we don't have a booklet this time to help us list off the rules and components. 
Oh, good. Do you yeah. want me to just read this component list off uh, yeah. off of the internet? Yeah. All right. So we've obviously got the board that we use to play. Um, it folds in half and is into the box that way. Um, the sorry, it's talking about the board in detail. Unfolded is a fifteen inch by thirty inch board. Depicts a oval Quidditch pitch on one side. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'll try to do it briefly the board is folded in half the board itself wasn't that big that was one of my complaints is the board is pretty small it's got a ton of hexagon tiles across it and that's those are the tiles with which you move your players across the board there are a ton it's oh it says here a hundred tokens that you put face down onto the board there's different you know images on the tokens so there are apparently 200 spaces on the board and 100 tokens so roughly half the board is covered by tokens, and then you're moving your players throughout the board, landing on tokens to flip them over. There are also 14 playing pieces, so seven characters from each side. This game only has Gryffindor versus Slytherin. You can only play as Gryffindor or Slytherin, so Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs just sit down. Nobody wants to see you play Quidditch anyway. There are two bludger pieces that are literally the bludger balls that say bludger, as previously mentioned. Okay, but when they're on the board, it's all chaotic and you can't read it anyway because it's at the bottom. Uh-huh. Um, there are supposed to be a bunch of little standees for the different teams. Gryffindor has red standees, Slytherin has green standees, and the Bludgers have black standees. Um, and then there are the hoops. Six plastic hoops that you set three on each side of the board. There's a little, what, hole punched in yeah. the board? And you gotta stick the little plastic thing in there. They kind of tilted a little bit, but for the most part, they stayed up. I didn't have any, didn't notice any problems with them falling over. Of all the things falling over and going wrong with the board, those little <laughs> plastic hoops were consistent. And then there was the catapult. Who who <laughs> wants to talk about the catapult? You all had right, to be very gentle. So you know, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where there's a catapult and they like throw cows over the. Over the the castle, is that was that yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's like that. It's very it's violent. You you just touch it and it goes halfway across the room. We all shielded our faces and tried not to get an eye poked out by I, this little tiny red ball. Yeah, I, I was sitting right behind one of our goals, and so like I feared for my life <laughs> every day. As far as the components, though, I would say they were all pretty solid. Yeah, like yeah. they were all they were all well made components. Yeah. Like the plastic that the catapult was solid. There's a reason it could shoot that ball. With I was a little bit right. worried when you were shooting it at the wall that you were going to hit a poster and crack like the glass in the poster because <laughs> that thing was hitting the wall hard. Like seriously, Caitlin might have lost an eye if she hadn't been as precocious as she was. Yeah, uh, and what's nice is the art style is like the art style of the cover of the book. It mm-hmm. it ties into the book look and the feel of Harry Potter very well. But the gameplay was chaotic, which we haven't, to say the least. Yeah, yeah it was we very haven't finished messy. the components, haven't really, gotten have into we? Well, yeah. the only other thing I worth, worth noting, because you mentioned the art style, which mm-hmm. I did like the components. The art style was really good. This game came out in 2000. So this game is 18 years old at this point, at the at the making of this podcast. And that, I believe, was before the movies came out. Uh, no, the first movies, I thought, came out in, like, the er, late 90s. Yeah. Did they? It was, it was like, middle of... It's like, 98 or 99. Out. Yeah. 
Okay, because it says here, so I could be wrong, it says Quidditch the Game came out in 2000, produced by University Games, and designed by no one in particular. It was released about six months after the second Harry Potter book was published, but nearly a year before the first movie was released. Oh. So the first movie, they're saying, was released in 2001. That might be. Maybe I was thinking that yeah, was yeah, that's released. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't know if that's correct. I, I'm not super hip on my Harry Potter trivia. No, that sounds no, about that right. Sounds I was right. thinking of the books. Yeah, me too. But I was thinking second, and I guess it was just books, not movies. And honestly speaking, some most of the Harry Potter merchandise I've seen, I like a lot of the Harry Potter merchandise, but I almost like the merchandise, like the games, the books, the art that came out before the movies. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the art post-movies, it's inevitable. You're going to get Daniel Radcliffe. Yep. Which, he's a little cutie in the first movie. Like, you freaking but as far as like the cover art and like the art for harry potter merchandise before he was the face of harry potter right you get a very different look which right. i kind of like that distinction yeah i agree you want to talk about the rules after a break you're gonna need something to drink to go over that book like yeah so we're gonna take a break i'm very excited about telling you about these rules so let's take a break we'll chillax We'll calm down, and we'll just let you know the rules and why we hate this game so much. What, did I say that? No, I didn't. Bye! Welcome back from the break! We're gonna get into our favorite part of this game, the rules. Yay. Yay. Wrong. My favorite part was when it ended. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get to that. My favorite part was shooting the quaffle as far as I possibly could. So, so, we should mention real quick about how this game is up to 14 players and is for ages 8 mm-hmm. and up and how that's unrealistic standards. We were having enough hard enough time with us four around the board. Yeah. Us four adults. Adults. Yeah. Like, it's like you don't, you don't need four players. I think it would be fine with two players. Yeah. And by fine, I mean, if you had to play it and there was a gun up against your head and you had to play it, two players. Yeah, and I think we can, we can kind of, I think when Andrea goes through the rules here, we can really expound upon why adding more players doesn't add any value to this right. game. I think it becomes very clear when you, yeah, you're like, oh, here's how you play. And you're like, yeah. So basically, yeah, so basically there's like two ways to play you can play with 14 people and each person has their own character that they control because there's 14 different player pieces on the board or you can play with less than 14 people and you kind of just split into two teams and move as a team like there's not really any other way to do it um but that being said so essentially you've got the chasers you've got three chasers on each team and they basically try to catch the quaffle and um, score and in order to catch the quaffle they have to be able to find a quaffle on the board overturning one of those tokens Um, with the seeker he can also turn over tokens to try and find the snitch but it goes where you, you can do that with the seeker every turn but with the chasers you can only turn over one token um for one chaser each turn so you can't do all three chasers finding things and with a hundred tokens to go through that makes the game go by super slow you're flipping over two tokens per turn two tokens per turn and some of the tokens take your characters out 
Right. Or they make it so that they don't have a next turn. <clears throat> right. So the tokens that you can find um, are essentially a token that slows you down, which basically means that your character that found it loses their turn for next turn. Um, there's one that takes you out um, for an entire round, and then they go back in the next turn, but they can't move. Like a penalty. So yeah, they, get, was, they have to sit on the side. You right. actually physically move your character off the board, then put them back at the start. Right. And then um, there's also the quaffle, which is how the chasers find the quaffles. And once they've found it, they get to basically put a sticker on, a quaffle sticker on that chaser, and they'll be able to shoot it next time. Um, and then there's the snitch. Obviously, there's only one of those. We actually quit before we even found the snitch we were like this is stupid this we've been playing this game for an hour and we still haven't found the snitch we started we x the rule where only one catcher can flip it over because we just wanted to go faster yeah we and wanted, it still was not going fast enough. yeah we wanted to get through it so we started having every single one of our chasers and our seeker so four tokens per turn we were flipping over and we still didn't have any luck finding the snitch um and then there was a broom which made your character go faster. So whenever you landed on a broom, their next turn, they would get to roll a second die to be able to move as many as you get in those two die. So, like, if you got a two the first time, you could roll another die and get a three, and you'd be able to move five total. Oh, yeah. Did we mention that it's a uh, roll and move game? Yep. You roll one die. You roll one die, so you can move up to six. And you still only get to do two tokens per turn. So it goes by very slowly. And you don't have to go all six. Right. You can go up you to six. So you yeah. can choose. If you're just like, I don't care. I just want to see what this one is. And you go one and you got a six. You could just go one and that's fine. Um, but with the tokens, you've also are with, sorry, with the dice, you also, if you roll a one, the first bludger gets placed on the field next to one of the um, beaters on the team that rolled it. So if... They poop it out. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. appears. So um, if you roll a one and then you roll a one later on, that second bludger will come out and basically you get to roll, whoever is in control of the bludger gets to roll a die secretly and the other team, when they roll, and after they move and everything, you get to go and use that bludger with whatever you rolled to hit one of their, um, one of their people if they're in range. Essentially, your opponents can move the bludger around and knock your players out of the game. Yep, for two and turns. And they, yeah, they get knocked out for two turns. Um, which is great. Just slows down the process even more. Yeah. And then once your chaser has a quaffle sticker, they get to shoot the quaffle, um, which is where the catapult comes in, and you get to try and catapult it into one of the little, like, six-inch hoops, which is pretty difficult, because you have to line it up on the side of the game board and angle it. And you can kind of... The other team can kind of mess you up, because you're not allowed to... Uh, shoot the the quaffle into the hoop where the keeper is. It says near the closest one to them, but we just 
I don't know how to explain this to you. The but K's. The K's. They <laughs> said there were K's on the board, which is where the keeper was allowed to go, or the returning players were allowed to go, but there were no K's on the board. Yep. Do you understand why I'm angry? I don't know if you can sense the, that. The, how long did we spend reading the rules, and how much of that was spent looking for it? I looked at the rules at, like, the K space. Okay, that makes sense. Look at the board. Where the heck was the K space? Yeah, we didn't have, like, specific Ks on the board. I don't know if it was just supposed to be, like, where we started, but you would think that if the keeper can only go to those specific spaces, that you couldn't just, like, move him anywhere in that. I don't know. Well, how easy would it have been to, like, print the end fields, for all intents right. and purposes, a different, like, color? Like, right. I printed them with an orange shade. Like, okay, here's the zone where the keepers allowed to go. Right. You, you know, or they could have done. You that. could have just put a K on the space, like a big faded K, that's kind of like transparent K. Like, turn down the opacity of the K. You could still see its grass, but you can tell there's a K in there. Yeah, it didn't. Well, they don't care about covering the grass because there's a huge Quidditch sign on the middle of the board that blocks plenty of the grass. Well, and you put the tiles on the like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see the grass. You don't <laughs> well, see the grass. Well, they also printed each end of the field has the um, house banner yeah. on it. So mm-hmm. one end has the Gryffindor banner and the other end has the Slytherin banner. So instead of saying, go to the K's printed on the board, you could have said they return to the t- the house banner. Right. Or, you know, like, why did you say go to the K's when there are clearly no K's? Right. So we're sitting here trying to Google pictures of this game brand new. Like, are there stickers we're supposed to stick onto the board that has the K on it? Or yeah. what right. is? what are they talking about? So Could- this, yeah, so this was from a thrift store. So there were, there was a piece missing. We were missing the, the quaffle stickers. Bl- but yes, the quaffle, the quaffle stickers. The stickers and the bludger stand. One and of the them. dice. One of them. And, the, and dice. the dice. Luckily, we all play D&D here, so finding we had a, dice. Finding a D6 was no trouble. <laughs> nope. Except there were a lot of random D6s in One that bag. One of them bag. had a chunk taken out. <laughs> but anyway, you would be like, okay, so we were thinking like, well, maybe there are stickers that were supposed to go on there with Ks on them. But what would be the point of printing out stickers when you could just put it on the board? Because stickers are fun. I don't know. They're not. Yes, they are, but when you... Well, this game is for When they have purpose. It's for eight and up, Caitlin. No eight-year-old is playing that game all the way through. We didn't even play the game all the way through. No. It... Okay. We're not done with the rules. It gets worse. Or better. I don't know. So that's kind of the chaos of all of the movement and trying to find the snitch. But then the scoring is... Exactly like Quidditch. It's exactly like Quidditch. The problem is it's so much harder to score in this board game than it is, like, in actual Quidditch that... It Says ended someone. up being, like, I scored twice, and that was it for all of us. We were, that, was, that was the only scoring that happened. So it's going to be, like, 10 or 20 to 150. And it also doesn't really explain what you do with the quaff ball after. Like, does it disappear? Does it go to the next person that was on, like, a, the... the Quaffle space. Yeah, so the rules were not super clear about how the pa- the quaffle gets passed around. Um, I, if I were designing this game, I probably would have, and I mean, the way I kind of imagined it with kind of making things up to make it a little bit better whenever we played was I was thinking it would be 
um, if I shot the quaffle, then the op- opposing team should get the quaffle because they would, th- you know, the keeper would throw it to one of their teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that it worked for the game in the rules, as far as we could tell, was if I shot the quaffle, then it would go to whoever in either team was on a quaffle space at that time. If nobody was and the quaffle would just disappear off of the field, which doesn't happen. And like whoever, whoever found a quaffle space next would get the quaffle. But Andrea, it's magic. No, it's magical. No, that magic can only go works. so far. It's just like, there were holes in the rules where it had like questions and there's just chaos going on the board, and every time you move your pawn, you accidentally hit one of the tokens, and it goes flying off, or you accidentally turn it over, so you're just like, oh, well, I guess I'm going there. Right. I think that was, if I had to say, you know, a complaint about the game, it was definitely that the board game was very small, which I've already Mm -hmm. stated. The size of the board is very small, and we only had four people around it. Getting more than we had, I would say, would be impossible. If you had more people playing this, you'd have to take turns, like, walking up to the table or, like, reaching over. Because the board is so small and you've got all of these tiny little tiles, like, what would you say, smaller than a dime? About, uh, about a dime. About the size of a dime. All right next to each other. You're trying to move your little character across these tiles face down. And then you land in the middle of the field and you're trying to pick up one tile that's surrounded by other tiles without flipping them all over or shifting them over to another space. It's... Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. And we are all females with thin, slender fingers. I mean... Relatively... I have pretty stubby fingers. It doesn't matter. Like, even if you had, like, an eight-year-old. Right. I don't think they would be able to be dexterous enough to pick up these. Exactly. So, that, I would say, was one of the biggest things. There were some suggestions into, you know, I think, Jesse, you mentioned. Well, I just thought you could have a deck, and then every time a player lands on a new tile, they just draw a card. Right. But, I don't know. Yeah, you could do, I think definitely that would be an option. You do have some mechanic with trying to find the snitch, which would then be lost, because mm-hmm. then it would just it's... be, where's the snitch in the deck? Yeah, but rather I mean, than it ultimately board. ended up being, well, where's the snitch on the board? And we ended up, you know, it's still mm-hmm. a needle in a haystack kind of situation. Right. We gave up, so we were just like, wherever the snitch is, whichever side it's on, is the winner. Well, and to be fair, they were able to score two point, or 20 points, so in the end team Gryffindor did better. Yeah, but and it's like we were never really able to had a chance to get the ball. I think we had it like once and I mm-hmm. messed that up. We're quaffle masters. Like cuz immediately they could go around turn around and get the quaffle again and two people couldn't have a quaffle at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. That was kind of frustrating. Another thing is when you're setting up, they don't really tell you where you're supposed to put these tiles. They it just says randomly, randomly like okay, like, if there's spaces we're not supposed to put them in, like, by the, the starting, point. starting points, or, like... Right. We tried to evenly space them out so that there just wasn't, wasn't just giant clumps with no tiles, but... Mm-hmm. But then they would move every time that you tried to touch the We'd flip board, over once. Or... We didn't mean to flip over and be like, well, I guess that's the one we're taking now. And... Yeah. In, in the game's defense... You know, and I'm not, you know, one, I guess I said, not 100% on my Harry Potter trivia, but 
Quidditch is kind of designed to be a little bit like that, though. Yeah, where chaos, you can, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of chaos. You've got the quaffle and you're getting 10 points for, you know, throwing it through the hoop. But suddenly somebody gets the snitch and, oh, you lost. Right. The problem I see with this game in eight-year-olds, if so try to close your eyes. Imagine you're playing with an eight-year-old in your life. And you're trying with this mega catapult. The ball is going everywhere because you you barely need to touch this catapult to make the ball go flying. So first of all, you've got an eight-year-old. The ball's flying halfway across the room. You're chasing it down the stairs. You're trying to stop the cat from eating it, okay? Like, <laughs> but that's, that's the first thing that's going on with this game. And then, if, if you should somehow get a point... It still doesn't really matter because you have to make over 15 shots right. with this quaffle for it to even matter. Essentially, you're just looking for the snitch, which is right. kind of the way Quidditch is, but there are all of this stuff going on. You've got, you know, the bludgers flying around, knocking other people out of the game. You've got the quaffle thing happening, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the game doesn't end and it doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is just the seeker trying to find the snitch. Right. Yeah, I kind of thought our game was just going to end because you were going to knock all our players out in one turn. <laughs> Me? Yeah, like you, you guys we both had three had the... people out in one turn. I was like, oh. And it just kept going, and then there were other people that couldn't move the next turn anyway, so it's like... Do, we, do you win if we just can't play anymore? <laughs> I will give them credit, though, with the, the... Like we said earlier, the art style and all that, but it was a nice touch that the... Um, Gryffindor's Seeker was Harry Potter, and I believe their bludgeoners were the Weasley twins. Um, they and, had red hair, so. And I mean, a big plus to this game versus some of the other ones we've played is that it's not just a rehash of a style of gameplay that we're used to. They did try to make their own game with this. Right. So I do think props for that, because like with the Fantastic Four we played a while ago, it was pretty much just a mishmash of games we had already played, but with a a brand on them. And this was definitely a unique style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Are there any other changes that you would think would go good with this game? Like, I think throwing in a fire would be great. I was going to say, if they had the budget for it, which I'm sure that they didn't, but, like, if, if they had the budget, I think the coolest way to do those tiles, or the tokens, would be if they had, um, like an electronic board where it flips it for you. You land on it and it's just like, this is what's underneath. No, that would have been dreams, right? Uh, I don't think they would even do that now. That's just too much. I'm just saying it would have been much easier to manage. Yeah, well, and I get something, I get the same thing where that. The, the definite problem with the tiles, and I think that can be solved by size. Mm-hmm. If you made the board bigger and the tiles Maybe even not increasing the size of the tiles, but if you increase the size of the board, the, the, board. the size oh. of the hexes, right. and the tiles weren't literally just next to each other, right. you'd have a little more space to get in there and flip. Right. And maybe there doesn't have to be a hundred tiles. That, yeah. Was, yeah. that was a lot. Yeah, there this is a definitely kids game. doesn't need to be a hundred tiles. Half that. I think 50, yeah. So I think a good way to have done this would be like, you have different sheets with the symbols on them. And you stick them, like, under the game board. Mm-hmm. And there you have, like, little doors that if you land on it, you can open the door. And that will be what you land on. I've that would be like a good before. idea because a lot of the tiles would just be taken off of the board once they're done. Mm-hmm. So, like, you would open that and then just close it back up. Be like, okay, well, that one. And then, and then that would also test, like, your memory if you're like, okay, well, I've already looked here. Right. 
And so, and like you could have several sheets, so it changes and you can right. flip it around, you can. Right. And that, I, yeah. I think that would have, it would have been enough to switch it up for a little bit because like it's for eight and up year olds. Like you're right. not going to play it too terribly much. Right. Honestly. Well, and even then you could have like 25 tiles and you'd have to remember which ones you already checked anyway. So that would make it a challenge, but not overwhelming. And that would make. Um, having the only one catcher be able to uh, right. reveal Chaser, more yeah. sense. It would make more sense right. with that. What do you guys think about the mechanic with the catapult? Because obviously the catapult isn't something that wasn't was part of Quidditch in Harry Potter. It's something right. they added. Do you right. think it would have been too... The rules are already kind of clunky as it is. Do you think it would have been too cumbersome to add a mechanic for like throwing the quaffle between catchers? Or I think for an eight-year-old game i think a lot of children would love playing with the catapult however as an adult i would have liked to see a mechanic of say the chaser has some kind of like stat catching stats or whatever and the each chaser has their own stats and then you maybe like roll dice to see if you can make it in without the the keeper being able to catch it that would also solve the problem of other people, like, intercepting the ball. Or, right. You know, so you would have both teams interacting with the Quaffle rather than, in which right, case, exactly. you and I just steamrolled with the Quaffle. <laughs> I guess all the Quaffle tokens, like, the little tiles ended up on our side of the board, so we would throw one Quaffle and be like, okay, time to throw it again. Yep. <laughs> well, like, and I did not mind the Catapult. I liked it. We've played a game with the Catapult in it, the, the Lion King game. Mm-hmm. That one didn't make it fly halfway across the room, though. Or all the way across the room, in this case. Barely flew at all. I think maybe they should have... Um, Caitlin? Yeah. That was not a catapult. That was a lion launcher. I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe they should have had a lion launcher in this game instead of a full-on Monty Python. Seems on brand. Flying cow. Yeah, that was, as I said, it was well, like, that thing, the ball is solid. Like, that thing was flying at the wall hard. That's the kind of ball that kids put up their noses. (laughs) It was, yeah. It's like a marble. And then that catapult is is pretty solid. I think that's, maybe they over-engineered the catapult. Like, that was, yeah, because that was was actually the problem, is that you barely had to flick that catapult Mm. to make the ball go flying. Right. That was not even, like, a fourth of the way down right and well it was it was, it was about a, the it was about the width of my finger it was a bing down just a bing yeah and it was also like super easy to push the catapult down like i didn't expect it to be so easy where i would just be like oh okay well it's down now and i barely used any kind of muscle in my fingers no resistance yeah no resistance so, at all let's wait rate this game i am gonna say though Components, 10 out of 10. Love them. You don't love all of them. You Not the tile. I meant like the, the art board. style and the... There were... The, okay. the quality the, the of the quality components. of the components, thank you. Is very good. 10 out of 10. I would give it an Great eight. collector's item if you just wanted to put the little standees up. Have, have we always given them rating? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> in gameplay, She's I about say to, like yeah. negative 10 out of... A thousand. Yeah, she's about like, to rip the rest of this game a new one. Everything I'm pretty sure. else. Yep. The rules. The goals of yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. This is really just a collector's item. 
All right, so let's let's do our normal writing of is it a hashtag cardboard curse or hashtag box blessing? That's funny. I don't even know why I said it, it was box blessing. <laughs> um, I'd like to vote for it being a boxed blessing. Hashtag blo- boxed blessing, Caitlin. Isn't that what I said? Boxed blessing. Yes, it's a box blessing. <laughs> You're a dirty, rotten liar. <laughs> I'm the one who was like, hey guys, how about we just flip all the tiles over and find out where the snitch is, because I really don't want to play this anymore. We all, brother. I think we can all agree what it is. Yep. You want to say it on the count of three, guys? Yep. One, two, three. Hashtag (laughs) That was bad. You have to do the hashtag. You gotta do the hashtag. Okay. Hashtag. Cardboard Kurt. It was just... Do you want to try again? You're looking yes. at me like you want to... Andrew wants to try again. Okay. Okay, you want me to count us off? Yeah, here? I do. Okay. One, two, three. Hashtag cardboard curse. That was much better. That was, really that was better, <laughs> yeah. Really good. We, could, we should be a barbershop quartet with that kind of synchronicity. All right, guys. If you've played this game, please let us know how you en- enjoyed it. <laughs> how you modified it to make it bearable. How you played it? Did you agree with us with their holes in the rules? Did did you understand the rules better than I did? Because I was very confused. Did you play this when you were eight? Was it more enjoyable with a kid's point of view? How many of you still have the little quaffles that came with it, or is the it quaffles long gone? stickers? <laughs> yeah, like we didn't have that. Yeah, we used to. I I don't. I thought about mentioning it. I know it's a little bit late past concerns slash corrections but we forgot which characters were holding the quaffle and we didn't have stickers so we used binder clips instead of so we used a little binder clip on our standee and there were times when it's like didn't you already shoot the quaffle we need to take it off that guy can you imagine if we had stickers we would never have kept track of where the quaffles were that yeah those would have just been gone all right so we're gonna take another break and when we get back we have another little game Maybe it will be better than this little game. Let's that, hope so. That yeah, if it's not, then someone has failed. Everyone go home. Then we're done. We're done. <laughs> I quit this podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back. Did you enjoy your break? We did. We talked about anything but our game. Speaking about games. Andrea has a very special game for us. Yeah, we're going to play the Chamber of Creativity. Um, so... <laughs> Sorry! It's such a stupid name. I love it, Andrea. It's such a creative it's name. It's Andrea's own, uh... Creation. Yep, Harry Potter creation. Uh-huh. The problem was, is after Andrea read the name with such confidence, Caitlin and I locked eyes and... <laughs> There was there was no going back after that 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 intense look. Okay. Yeah. I just I we're not looking at right. each other right now. Look I'm looking at, at Jesse instead. All right. So here's the deal. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a question and it's going to be a it's going to relate to the Harry Potter universe, but you're going to have to give a creative answer. And I'm going to choose whoever I like the most. You'll get a point. And then whoever has the most points at the end wins. Question. Yes. Are we going through all the questions first when we're writing down our answers and then going around? Or are we doing it question by question? Question by question. Alrighty. Why do I need to write down my answers? I so mean... So you don't cheat. 
You don't have to, but some of these... I already ripped the paper. Uh, Some of these need a few different things. All right, all right. I'll try to mentally prepare myself. The first one's pretty easy. We're going to start off uh, simple. What real-life person is likely a witch or wizard? Like and why? A real they celebrity be... person that you know that we would all know. Can they be dead? Celebrity would be best for the listeners yep. at home. They don't know our friends. All right, Caitlin. Why well, don't I gotta go first? Because you're the first one. All right, so go with me here. I said Stephanie Meyer because. She has to be using magic for a Twilight to have gotten that big. Okay. That's fair. Okay. And okay. I would say helpful puff. Ooh, why? What do we do wrong? Well, hmm. she just seems a very... I, I see it. She's not got any other overly lying trait. Yeah. Like, she's not very assertive, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I have not watched any interviews, or I don't know anything about her personally. So she's not super assertive, and she doesn't really seem like a Ravenclaw. Yeah, like she, and she just doesn't strike me as a Gryffindor or a Slytherin. So it's kind of like okay. I, I know literally nothing about her other than she wrote Twilight based off of a wet dream. So yeah. <laughs> so that's all. I, that's all I. That's all I know. And that she had no training at all to be an author as far as i can remember she didn't like never written anything previous to that i can tell (laughs) so that that was my answer did she not write the host before that she wrote it that was after after after. okay the host was actually the host was very good yeah i liked the host yeah me too she learned yeah there's hope um i my celebrity was keanu reeves because he never ages okay he just keeps going and going i thought about will smith but keanu reeves is really the one that stands out for me that his face just doesn't change i put gryffindor yeah i don't know anything about him personally again but he tends to pick roles like john wick or yeah. like spy yeah. like very strong powerful type roles yeah. which is more of a gryffindor maybe he's a really meek guy in, in real life i i get i i don't know but I he's, see he's good at playing a gryffindor if he's yeah. not actually one yeah okay well, I went with the only celebrity that I know extensively, which is Lady Gaga. And another reason is that she's very outrageous, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the wizards do tend to have like these outrageous looks and personalities. Mm-hmm. And I'd struggled with the house, but I think Gryffindor just because of how she seems to always fight for justice with a lot of her campaigns mm-hmm. and a lot of her mm-hmm. uh, just the way she lives her life is very like, I need to do good. And she's bold and she's a leader. So, yeah. I feel like we had very good answers. I'm proud you of You all had very good answers. It took us a minute. We all thought about <laughs> it very seriously for Andrea. And I think ironically enough, because I'm not a Lady Gaga fan, I'm going to go with Jesse's answer because I think Lady Gaga is... Oh, right. I totally She's forgot Andrea enough, was right? judging us. Oh, yeah. I'm judging I, you. <laughs> I do want to say, though, my original answer was David Blaine because he's like already halfway there anyway. He's a magician, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I felt like that was too cheap. I was going to do Tim Burton until she said the house. And I was like, oh, I have no idea what kind of guy he is. I just know that he's really creepy. Yeah. And has like this weird magical aura about all his creations. Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah, Ravenclaw. that's what I was gone with. <laughs> <laughs> gone with Ravenclaw. <laughs> all right. So next question. Let's get a little more uh, specific here. 
You're working with Bill Weasley, and you discover a new dragon species. Describe it. What area is it from? And what is its name? All right. Jesse Olivia. A, I'm Jesse wrote a whole story. I want to see what, what's going on. Oh, Olivia gets to go first. All right. I, I didn't remember the question halfway through. <laughs> I said I was ready, but that was actually a lie. Um, I drew a picture, though. Mine is a water dragon. Okay. So it's kind of got a body like an eel, you know, kind of straight-like. And mm-hmm. it's got two big flippers, kind of like the wings, mm-hmm. but it uses them to actually propel. Mm-hmm. Think like diver shoes, whatever they're called, paddle shoes. Um, it's got fluffy gills on the side of its face and dark eyes. So it's light-colored with really dark eyes. And then it's got a lot of, like, spikes coming out its head. I don't know why. It doesn't make it aerodynamic or anything in the water, but it's also got the spikes kind of going down its back, which makes it look fluffy, but it's not. <laughs> okay. They might be poisonous or something. I don't know. I didn't try licking them. <laughs> um, and then there's, like, fluffy gills on the side of its face. And I called it the Atlantia, Atlantica Andra, and it's found in Atlantis. All right. You, you got all the Andrea. points there. No, Andra. That's I, I actually tried to write Atlantis, but I wrote A-N, and I'm like, that's not how you spell Atlantis. And if you, you can't see my picture, podcast viewers, but I wrote Andra, and I'm like, that is not close to Atlantis at all. So then I wrote Atlantica before Andra. It's kind of shoved in there. So I wasn't trying to pander to Andrea. I was really just poorly spelling Atlantis, and it ended up like that. All right. It's okay. Jesse's turn. So I had this concept of, like, a mountain dragon that lives up in the mountains and charges electrical energy from thunderstorms. Ooh. And it, he's a spiky dragon with, like, needles, kind of like a porcupine all around his body. It's kind of ink-colored. Mm-hmm. And the name I kind of came up with was Thracturn at first. Okay. Which kind of is a lot like Brack. Yeah. <laughs> is what I was thinking Bractorum. about. Bractorum. Was there any other part of that question? Oh, uh, where's it from? Like mountain. I don't know Just any, any part mountain. of Harry Potter, sadly. So like any mountain. high mountains, yeah. Harry Potter takes place in our world. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah Earth, it does. Yeah. It does. Know, like any mountains. Just mm-hmm. the Alps. The Alps. Sure. The Andes. Okay. The Rockies. All right. You can choose whatever. Or all Appalachian. Of them. Thank you. Like there's many of them. Maybe there's a lot of them. In my drawing. Maybe they're common. He has like this spiky mohawk and then at the end of his tail is like a morning star. He reminds me of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember which one though. Do, do any of the Pokemons have like a... I Pokemons. Oh, like I'm an old person. <laughs> <sighs> do any of the Pokemon have like a uh, morning star in the end? No? Maybe. No. They should. Hey, shout out to um, Pokemon creators. You have Pokemon <laughs> for all kinds of things, but you don't have a Pokemon that has a Morningstar tail, and that's a mistake. Fix that. Mm-hmm. Caitlin's turn. Okay. So, mine's... Mine is called Hawkrin because it has, like, a mohawk hair. Okay, um, it's it. from Japan because it, it developed with all the radioactive... Uh, waste that happened okay so um, it's a mutant yes okay it's got like it looks like it's wearing like dark makeup like rock and roll makeup but it's just like <laughs> scales <laughs> and um it doesn't speak but music can come out of its mohawk nice okay and All it right. doesn't fly it just just waddles around okay Okay, um, I think all of you did a really good job with this one, too. 
Caitlin, I think your uh, Japanese rock and roll <laughs> dragon is my favorite. Nice. From Fukushima. I, yeah, I have a little picture. Mm-hmm. Very anime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, so the next question is, what is the name of Harry, Ron, and Hermione's evil counterparts? All right. Jesse, you get to go first this time. Gary Farter. <laughs> Herman Smarty Pants. Dan Weasel. <laughs> All right. Shoot. Were we supposed I, to give them last names? I didn't give them last names. I didn't names. give my last After names. After I did Gary, Forfeit. I was like, I gotta do all of them. Forfeit to Jesse. Jeez, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really Gary, good. Did you say, what was his name? Farter. Gary Farter. Um, I'm gonna go with a Jared, Cindy, and Steven. <laughs> I like to imagine them all wearing accounting glasses and with really haughty expressions <laughs> while Ron and Harry are running around with their ties kind of half done. <laughs> and they're just like all put together like, oh, those people again. I have Baldy, Brian, and Karen because Harry, he's Harry, so Baldy. Mm-hmm. And then Brian and Karen, you just, you always know Brian and Karen. You're like, Karen. <laughs> and Isn't she like the meme? Like if you're yes. looking for like a mean soccer mom yep. harassing you in retail, it's, it's always Karen. Gosh, Karen. It's always Karen. And she's got like mom hair, like really short, sleek, some highlights in there, like yep. all up in your face. It's a bob. She's got, the, she's got a bob. Yes, a bob. She's Really crappy makeup, flaking like mascara all over her face. It flakes because she buys the really cheap stuff because she has like five kids. Are you okay there, Caitlin? Have you seen this person before? <laughs> do, do you need to talk about it? And then Brian is just like, he's there. Just Brian. It's just Brian. It's just Brian. All right. This one goes to Jesse. Yeah. I, I Jesse tried. had some great names. <laughs> um, I was also this close to just being super sarcastic and going Crab Goyle and Draco. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> All right. Our next question is: What class would you take at Hogwarts, and what class would you teach? Yeah. All right, it's Caitlin. Okay, so like I would take. The the uh, the class that uh, Hagrid teaches the beast one mm-hmm. magical creatures magical creatures and then I would teach divination. All right, so you could just make stuff. So up. I can make stuff up, and All everyone right. would believe me. All I, right, I see your tea leaves. <sighs> that is a lightning bolt. That means you're going to have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Caitlin, sounds like she's got some experience teaching that class. Um, I will have to go with Transfiguration, just because that's super awesome. And believe it or not, for Teach, I'm gonna go with Potions, because it's basically chemistry, right? Yeah. But it's magical chemistry. Yeah. So, definitely. Well, I said I wanna learn Potions, so you can teach me. A. And I said I could teach, um, Mythical Animal Behavior. <laughs> I know that's probably not what it's called, but I was really good at animal behavior in college. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just put Mythical on there and... Pretty much what Hagrid does. 
None of us are going to sign up to teach defense against the dark arts. You can't trick <laughs> us, Andrea. <laughs> or, you know, like muggle studies. Oh, I could do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we could do that. I we just thought that of that. A, I'm like, is that a class? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It could be really it's good. At that. Do they teach them like how to do like Facebook and stuff? They teach them about what muggles do. So and yes, taxes. You know, so that when they go out in the real world, they're not like doing oh, the laundry. What people do. This is what people do, right? Presidents. They're like, here's how a phone works. This is the <laughs> this queen. Is you you respect the queen. You can't just snap your fingers and. Yeah. Oh man. Fun game. It would be an easy class to teach. Yeah, like I'd be super good at that. Same. This is a pencil. It has. It's way right. more efficient than quills, but <laughs> don't ask me why we're still using feathers. And you do this really cool trick with it where you just wiggle it up and down. And it looks like it's rubber. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I'm going to go with Olivia on this one. Transfiguration is... Yeah. That's dope. It's great. I love Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. I would All have right. gotten bit by something magical, which is why I didn't go with Magical Beasts. <laughs> I'd get eaten. I'd get eaten, too. It would be not a fun time. All right, next one. Um, <laughs> Dumbledore has a thing for hiring professors based on their names. Professor Sprout teaches herbology. Professor Vector teaches arithmancy. What would Harry, Ron, and Hermione teach? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Am I All first right. this time? Yes, you are. All right. Um, Mr. Potter obviously teaches art. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a given. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Weasley teaches library science. Okay. And uh, Miss Granger teaches archery. Okay. <laughs> Granger, Ranger. Yes, Ranger, yep, that's yep, what yep, I yep. was going for. Yep. <laughs> In my head. All right. Um, so I went with Harry teaching pot filling, because he's a potter, okay. so he teaches how to fill pots. Uh, Ron Weasley teaching weasel training, taming. Weasel taming. Okay. And Hermione being a teaching grain inspecting to inspect right. different grains of rice. All right. Okay. So for Harry Potter, I chose arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. For Ron Weasley, I chose sneaking around. Mm-hmm. And then for Hermione, I said all the classes because it doesn't matter what her last name is because she's a freaking genius. Mm. All right, Caitlin, you get the point. Yes! <laughs> Suck it! Well, I, I would was, actually like to pass, hoping... as this is a family-friendly podcast, or so I've been told. <laughs> I was hoping someone would go the, the weaselly route. That's why weaselly. I picked library, because I, went... I, I could just imagine him not, well, not actually Ron, but, I you went know. literal right. weasels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hoping going for the, like, like sneaky weaselly mm-hmm. route. He's got enough practice in that he can sneak around. Sneaks around a lot. All right. So the next question is, Antioculatia is a spell that turns a person's hair into the shape of antlers. It's the most useless spell. How would you use it to stop a Death Eater? What does it do? It turns a person's hair into the shape of antlers. Do Death Eaters have hair? No, it turns it turns your hair into a it. person's hair. So you could just cast it on somebody. Oh, I know the answer to and this. They would have antlers. We, I need to let them think, or can I tell you I my got answer? It. Okay, I got it. Oh, go for it. All right, Caitlin, you can go first so that Jesse has a minute to think. All right, so 
you change someone's antlers to like like Snape or something, and then you just laugh and be really happy, and then the Death Eaters would not want to eat. Oh, Death Eaters. Death Eaters, not, not Boggart. Dem- yeah. Uh, no, same thing. Death Eaters, they don't want to deal with your happiness. And then you'd be able to cast Patrona, and then... Death Eaters. I know, but can't Patrona... Mentors. Can't Patrona attack other things, too? Patronuses are only good against Dementors. Well, I don't Death know, Eaters, Death Eaters are just the... the yeah, I know who the follow. Death Eaters are. Okay, uh, so... You would just change all of them into antlers. All the Death Eaters. And they would just be like, they what is this? Masks. And then you stupefy them. And Jelly Legs Jinx. And run away. <laughs> okay. Olivia's turn. Well, I would just turn somebody else's... Like, if I was with a group of people, I would turn somebody else's hair into antlers so they could no longer fit through the doorway. And I just dip. I just like run, and they couldn't fit through. And so I, you know, like group of friends, you don't have to be the fastest one to outrun the bear. You just need to be faster than the person next to you. That logic. That's that's what I would do. So somebody else. Sorry, I'm voting you off the island. Are you guys sure I'm a Hufflepuff? I don't know because that's the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, oh yeah, easy solution. <laughs> All right, Jesse's turn. The only solution I could come up with. Turn your hair into antlers and then have, like, a deer battle. Hit him with your head. Ram him. Ram Ram him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all I get. Use it as a weapon? Is it because I'm a... Is it because I always play barbarians? I don't know. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Canari. Hit first. Oh, yeah, Canari. (laughs) All right, Olivia. (laughs) You get the point. For having the darkest answer. (laughs) All right, final question. What object would you make a horcrux and hide part of your soul in? Grain of sand on the beach. That's a good one. Would you ever be able to find it again? Why do I need to find it? Because if you need to... I don't know, there's something like that. I, you have to remember, I didn't read the last book or watch any of the last two movies. I'm not entirely sure what a horcrux is, only I've gotten so far is that it's a piece of your soul and you need to, like, break all the pieces in order to, like, kill the person. Is that correct? Yeah, I... you need to kill okay, so as all far of as... the bits of soul. Okay, so, like, why would I need it? That's fair. That's, I think, the trick, is you don't put it in something too fancy. The other... Th- the other problem with that, though, would be that it would be easy for people to stumble upon, and you can tell if something's a horcrux, even if you don't know what a horcrux is. You can tell there's, like, some kind of evil in it. Because, the like... The ocean is very big, Andrea. Oh, you would put it in the ocean, not, like, on the beach. I can put it wherever I want, yeah. Okay. I could just dump it in the ocean. I have my Good luck finding... Yeah, it'll probably show up on the beach somewhere, but... I've heard the sea is very deep. I couldn't give you a number, but, like, a lot. There's, like, a lot of it down there, okay? (laughs) All right. I have my answer. Go ahead, Caitlin. The cutest, most precious little kitten ever that you couldn't do anything to because it just looks at you with its big eyes. And he goes, What happens when it dies? It doesn't die. It's eternal. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> obviously as long as i don't die i won't die because it's got it's a horcrux okay i don't know how how does that work for like work. he put one in nagi didn't he 
yeah, yeah. in Nagina, yeah. Okay, so what was he going to be in trouble when Nagi died, or was that? Or no, it make I think him immortal. I, yeah, I think it does make the. It doesn't make them like. I don't know if it makes immune them, to death. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make them immune to death, but as long as they don't die. So like once once Nagina was killed, like that was it for that Horcrux. Can I like the problem? I don't know how this works, but the flag on the moon. <laughs> Just get flag it away from people. <laughs> yeah, make it really hard to get to. That's a good... and if somebody went and tried to burn the flag on the moon, like all hell would break loose. <laughs> people would be really upset. Yeah. Like that would not be cool, guys. Yep. You wouldn't be able to burn it though. You'd yeah, have to like, like stab it. You'd have to either cut have it to bring with it the back sword home. of Gryffindor, yeah. which is impregnated with basilisk venom, or you'd have to like stab it with a basilisk fang. <laughs> Just like go up to the moon with a basilisk fang. <laughs> I think I I liked Olivia's answer, but I think Jesse had the most creative answer, so I'm gonna go Sweet. give the point to Jesse. I feel like this whole game has been where everything's made up and the points don't matter because I forgot our score. <laughs> I've been keeping track of mine. How many do you have? Two. I don't remember how many I have. You have one. I... Really? No, no. I'm pretty sure Olivia has She's three got and two Jesse has two. Oh. Did I win? Yeah. Are we done? Oh. Yeah. Okay. She said last question. Oh, I don't listen to her. Question. Wait. I know I got a point. For yeah, oh, Jesse, I, got I think you got, I got three. Well, I got the name one. And I got this one. You got the name one and this one. Didn't you get one more? What was the first one? I got the first one. Which real life person is a witch or wizard? Lady yeah, Gaga. So I got three. So you did get yeah. three. Okay, so Jesse won. Yeah. Oh. But wait, aren't you tied? I don't know. How many questions were there? No, there were only seven questions. Oh, so you only got two. Yep. Two, two, I got three. one for murdering somebody and then one for something else. Yeah, the antlers and... Oh, the, what do you oh, want to teach? teach? What do you want to teach? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I got Yay. the dragon and the sneaking around. Awesome. We did good. Yay. This was fun. Y'all I like great. being creative. Let's get creative. <laughs> it exercises the brain and stuff. Green is not a creative color. <laughs> no. Green is not a creative color. <laughs> All right, everyone. That was our game. Our winner is Olivia. No, no, it's no, not. not. It's Jesse. I'm a winner in my Ooh. heart. <laughs> Just give it to Olivia, Caitlin, I guess. You should probably redo that. You got <laughs> no, a little spiked. We also know. Because it's we're all excited because I'm a winner. All right, everyone. That was our game, and the winner is Jesse. Yay. Congratulations. No, it's not. <laughs> Slow clap. That was golf a fun clap. game. Oh, sorry. Are we clapping here? Yay. Yay. So make sure to check us out on all their social media accounts. It's Cardboard Curse on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace. My, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, all the other things Tumblr, I think, YouTube. I don't even know if we have any things on YouTube yet, but we got it. Do we have a Gmail? Yes, we have a Gmail. Please give us your questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, suggestions, feedback. That's the same thing as questions, comments, and concerns. I don't want their concerns. <laughs> it's cardboardcurse at gmail dot com. This has been This has been an episode. <laughs> we also have our own personal stuff pages. 
I'm Spirit Tiger Ray. That's Spirit Tiger. And then Ray is R-E-I. It's all one word. On everything that you could imagine. That's me. I'm Yurio's My Spirit Animal on Instagram. I'm Airheaded Angel everywhere. Just everywhere. Or if you want to look at my art, my Instagram for that is Jesse period cage period art. That's new. I still don't have any links I want you people to follow me on, so <laughs> just stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that everything I have to say? Because my handy dandy notes are not up say anyway. Bye. So bye. Bye. We love you. just have to clap again i'm just so happy we're not playing med game anymore like i was literally at the end just standing up and i walked into the kitchen i was standing in the kitchen looking at your degus and i'm like why am i in the kitchen i don't even have anything i want in here and then i turned around i'm like oh i have to go back to the game <laughs> like, i mean just just a little preview of how i feel about it guys i didn't even realize i had left like i just got up and walked away <laughs>